Well, hello there. It's been a little while, but it's good to be back. I'm Jason Mackey alongside Michael McHenry, your two favorite and only because we started it and we enjoy it. Pitching in hosts, um, different format um, back under the well, I shouldn't say back under, but in the uh, the PG podcast domain fort really excited about this man how are you i'm good i'm good i just did some uh rearranging yeah to say the least a little hot a little sweaty got a little workout in so i'm good and i'm happy to be back i've i've missed your face i have missed your face too my friend better than ever pitching in and by the way it's brought to you by also my favorite place in the city you hear me talk about it a lot the north shore tavern um you see that on your screen if you love baseball you'll absolutely love the north shore tavern with its interior dedicated to the history of the Pirates, the North Shore Tavern has an array of delicious appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and, of course, delicious steaks and seafood served on a sizzling lava stone. Open every day, North Shore Tavern is a stone's throw away from PNC Park in Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone. That's the official part. The unofficial part is I just really love that place for it, and it's mm. cool that they're sponsoring us, and I look forward to many meals there with you, um, maybe recording some pitching in episodes. Who knows? Uh, but this whole thing back in a different form, the PG sports now North shore drive podcast family, we're rolling out a whole bunch of content and it is so great. So great. I mean that sincerely to have you doing this and to have pitching in back. I am honored and <clears throat> I can't wait to be a caveman with you. Stone <laughs> meat and a brewski doesn't get much better. It really doesn't. Caveman, so I'm fired up. You use utensils. I no, absolutely not. They okay. should actually like, ban utensils <laughs> there's a 700 degree stone i'm not sure I'm well not you got sure. a man up <laughs> you just got a man up they were talking about how, how hot it was in uh minnesota yesterday oh my gosh oh my was it really God. that bad were you you weren't there were you i was not but i was Good in a you. place hotter if you can believe it um and we're gonna get to 80s? this um the 80s <laughs> no brains in florida my man oh Ooh, yeah. buddy <laughs> oh so anyway, we have a really great show for you. I'm excited for this. There's a lot to talk about. Obviously, Fort and I have kind of been on hi hiatus with pitching in. Um, I don't remember um, when we sort of trailed off for it, maybe May, something like that. But I mean, there's been so much happening with this team, so much to get into. Um, I spent this past week, as I said, in Bradenton, hanging out with Paul Skeens, one-on-one. -on -one. Fort's been talking about questions that he has for me with regard to that. The catching situation has taken on a really interesting um, sort of look, and I want to get Fort's opinion on that as well as the offense. But let's start with this. Let's start with the road trip. The Pirates just finished up two and four through New York and Minnesota. Um, I thought some positive things, but by and large, we're still probably left with more questions than answers. Um, I didn't love some of the offensive stuff that I saw today. Fort worried me a little bit. Dallas Keuchel looked like the second coming of, of Cy Young. And, you know, I... Henry Davis, like I, I want to be okay with seeing him in right field. I want to be okay with him getting the work. And it's just that ball that Solano hit, like misplayed it. And we, we keep seeing this stuff. And so I don't know, what are some of your takeaways? Where are you at with what you saw this week? I know you were working pre and post the past couple of days, but what have you observed? I, I've loved their approach, but I hate the walks. If that makes any really? sense. I, I, I love how good our approach has been in the second half. Um, with, with just about everybody outside of Jack Sawinski and maybe Henry Davis, guys are going up there. They're staying within their zone, but they're not adapting to the game. 
Hmm. Just like great examples today. And that's what I felt like the entire road trip was. We had a chance to win a bunch of these games, let it slip away, whether it was one play that probably should have been made, a misread, bad communication, or just plain like I'm not going to adapt. And yep. that's part of the growing process. It's part of the things I, I want to see. I think they get so caught up in, you know, certain things. I feel like the pitchers have started to, especially the bullpen, has really taken a, a good left-hand turn to the positive. And yep. Mitch Keller did as well by watching the game, seeing how their ball flight is, seeing the shape, and then adapting to the hitter accordingly or the situation. Now I'd like to see the offense do that. We've seen some really good things, some better signs than we did probably the last two months. But I think it's time where we're going to hopefully start seeing some guys really take some steps forward. Okay. So what are you talking about when you talk about adapting to the situation? Are we talking about like, you know, nobody out runner on second, they need to find a way to get them over to third. Are we talking about situational hitting? Are we talking about uh, making more contact? I know that's one, like I, I get the walks, I get the on base quotient. I would like to see more bat to ball, but I mean, what are you talking about when you say adjust approach to the you know situation? So one of the things we talked about today, <clears throat> Mackie, was how do you face a guy like Keiko, right? 88, you know, good changeup, good sinker, plays off his cutter. His break of ball is very average. Michael Kadire told me something in 2014. I went from being a 225, 230 hitter, you know, within a year to hitting 315. And this one thing he told me really blew me away. It's so simple, but it blew me away. He said, Michael, you can find the barrel on a guy throwing 88, painting the corners. There is no middle of the plate. Look for your pitch, look for your location and go get it. Think of the plate being about 24 inches instead of 17 inches. Well, that's me adapting to what that guy has that day. Now, if he's not good, I, I narrow it in. I teacup him and I say, hey, I'm going to make him bring it into my zone because he's not any good and he's cutting the ball right into me, which I loved. But if he's as good as he was today, you adapt to him. The only person that maybe doesn't adapt is Kutch. I mean, he's been yeah. unreal when it comes to chase, chasing Reynolds. Same thing. Their chase rate is just phenomenal. They've really grown this year. So maybe not those two, but everybody else get outside, you know, your zone a little and say, Hey, this is what this guy's going to do. He's painting down on a way to rise all day long. I didn't see one guy move up on the plate. I didn't see one guy move forward on the plate. I didn't see one guy dive over and try to drive a ball to the right center. And that's just, I think confusion of the growing process of understanding, Hey, this is a scouting report. This is your <clears throat> Radley report of, you know, how to go out there and rake. But now the game's showing you something completely different. You know, what are you going to do about it? You know, first you have to identify where you're at. How do you feel? Are you moving properly? You know, how was the cage routine? All those things. And then once the game starts, you throw that out the window and you adapt. So you you look for your little wins. I feel like we haven't done a good job of that. And then we pass the buck. Yeah. You know, Laz Diaz was bad today. 17 balls he called strike state. Unreal. But we only got four. So yeah. it, it's going to go both ways. That guy's usually really fair. That means they're doing something a little bit better than we are, and we need to adapt. <clears throat> yeah, I, I understand some of what you're saying, I, and, and I understand the logic behind it. To me, it's, it's, it's almost caveman stuff, like mm -hmm. see ball, hit ball. I, 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 don't, I think they get too complicated with some things. Um, and where you have a guy – He's not going to overpower you, meaning Dallas Keuchel. And there have been other instances of this, man. Like, sit heat, sit heat and adjust, adjust to the soft stuff. He's not going to pull 104 out um, like Duran in the ninth inning. Like, you can cheat. Um, I also just, 
they've really emphasized getting on base. They've really emphasized walks. Okay, great. I think to a degree, this offense needed it. You're going to have to manufacture runs. I think the pendulum has swung too far the other way, in my opinion. Like I see young hitters who are formerly aggressive, who have become passive, almost looking to walk. Um, I, I can take some swing and miss. I can take some low batting average. I can take guys learning to hit at this level, but I I don't like seeing the passivity. I think that's right. <laughs> pa- yeah, passivity. I don't like them. I don't like seeing them be passive. Let's say it that way. <laughs> and I don't think fans do either. I mean, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. And I just don't like that from this offense. And I hope it changes. So, to before I ask you a question, um, they need to be patiently aggressive. And what I mean by bit. that is a little bit, it, yeah, yeah, and understand that like there's certain times where I showed up to the ballpark, hit BP. I absolutely annihilated the ball, got in the game, and you could have given me a Ford truck and I couldn't hit the pitcher, period. <laughs> and then there was days where I couldn't hit in BP and I hit two homers. Yeah. And I think it's something I regret in my career is identifying where I was and being completely honest about it and saying, hey, I'm not in a good place. I don't match up with this guy. Maybe I try to drop down a bunt if they're playing me over. Maybe I try to do something a little bit different today or – Maybe I take one at bat and just try to track the ball as deep as possible and hit it in another dugout. Now, yeah. these guys do that in the minor leagues, yeah. right? They, they sacrifice one at bat for four, but that's, that's what I was going to ask you. This, this is what I'm spinning to. I think it's partially because the identity of the team and the movement of guys has, has a lot of guys maybe amped up in the wrong direction. A lot of anxiety a lot of trying to stay in the big leagues instead of just playing the game you love. Remember it's not work ball, it's play ball and just going out and doing the thing that they've been able to do for a long time. You know, you see these guys go back down and start raking again. And I, I get it. The competition's different, but it's not so vastly different that a kid that got 40 at bats in the minor leagues didn't just get called up to Anaheim and get a hit in the first day. I mean, that's the reality Bat the ball skills don't leave. And that's where I'm, I'm kind of that balance of the mental side of it looks like it's more of an issue than the actual physical side. I mean, there's also a lot of a, ple- you know, a please your bosses kind of dynamic, right? right. Like, if I have yes, a man. young writer at the Post-Gazette, like that person's not going to take cha- cha- take chances and challenge editors the way that somebody, I, I don't know, I like to put things in, in journalistic terms sometimes, but I mean, no, I love that. You know, if I'm a young hitter, I'm going to basically do what I'm being told to do. And I would argue that for some of these guys, that's not the best version of themselves. I want the version of these guys that got up here. I want them to be, you know, and sometimes that might be flawed and that's okay. And I think something else you're saying too is, is something I would like to see change in this offense is a two strike approach and, and to adopt one. Um, it's just, don't swing out of your shoes, make contact, realize what you are, where you are, what this offense needs from you. And I think occasionally we see that occasionally we see guys, they talk about moving the ball. Okay. That's a general term for basically doing what you can do and letting the guy behind you also do what he can do and hope that adds up to something really good. Now, I just don't think we've seen that consistently enough, which maybe we should have known this being a young team that was going to happen and that's fine, but I would like to see them get back to that a little bit more consistently. That's the last point I'll make on it. Then we have, we have a lot of pitching to talk about, so I don't want to get hung up on this. Yeah. And I'll reiterate what you just said is identifying where you're at. You know, sometimes you got to just figure it out and play pepper. 
You know, yep. sometimes you got to yep. think about moving the runner over, doing something that gives you a little bit of a small victory. You played. That's what I'm looking for. Last time you played Pepper. Come on. Uh, actually, down in North Carolina. Really? Yeah, had a blast with the US kids. Yeah, seventeen-year-olds. Yeah. Oh man, that's fantastic. Did you play flip in college? The two balls? Yeah. No, not two balls, but like two touch. Two touch with it, baseball, pass with your glove, your hand. I, I did in high school some. I was always so busy because, you know, if I wasn't catching, I was down in the bullpen. Yeah. I was never around during that kind of like in-between time when I think is the best. And speaking of that, that's the things I'd love to see these guys doing. Yeah. That, yeah. that type of camaraderie would be amazing because that means a team's coming together. Yeah. I know that sounds silly, but really, though. No, I, I, I hear you. I, hear I you. think the development and, you know, that win mentality need to start separating. Yeah. I yeah. think we'd see some really good things. But I mean, it, it's, it hinges on results, right? Like if you're getting results, if you're winning games, you're going to be able to screw around a little bit more and have some fun. I mean, no, to be fair, like they have played halfway have. decent ball. Yeah. Um, I'll give them that. I mean, th this road trip was not great. Today was certainly not great. Um, there are certain, certainly things we can pick apart about their approach, but I mean, over the past 30 plus, they've played about 500 ball. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it hasn't been terrible. Um, that being said, I want to talk about pitching for it. And I think this is one thing that you and I talked a lot about when we had pitching in pitching in 1.0. We'll say it that way. We, we broke down a lot of pitching and what was going on with guys' deliveries. And we haven't had a chance to really bite into this. So Quinn Priester goes back to AAA. We've seen Rowanzi. We've seen Luis Ortiz. I think this is a very big and interesting point surrounding this team right now is what 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 is going on with guys losing velocity, these guys not – panning out um, should people be concerned I get asked about this a lot on the radio and such and my general answer and what I feel like is that these guys are, are getting fed um, a lot of information and the pirates are working with them on a lot of stuff and I think by and large the pirates are doing this for the right reasons and I, I think they know what they're doing I would argue that I think it's too much I think that I would like to see them simplify a little bit and allow these guys to sort of be what they are sort of like we're talking about with hitters. I think I'd like to see them ease off of some of that instruction and just let natural ability take over. Where are you at with it? Does it concern you about, you know, guys losing their velocity? Is there any consistent themes to these guys losing velocity? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the trend around the league guys are getting hurt more often. I, I think you got to stop protecting guys when they, when they hit a, hit a pothole. And, and let him go. I, I think it's the best chance to learn. Garrett Cole actually uh, said something on his interview last night. He said, you're not defined by your wins. You're defined by your failures and how you respond to them. And I think yep. you start looking, and we'll use Quinn Priester as an example. I love that kid. I, I, I think he's got a bulldog mentality, but he's got to look himself in the mirror and say, what is happening? What am I doing, just like Keller did, and do it in a rapid fashion? They've already shown a formula with Keller of something that works. You have to own it. You have to understand it. You have to fight through it. And then you get better. And then you repeat and repeat and repeat. And I feel like he just went through a third stage. And I hope this is true. Having to self-identify what is good on a given day. You know, he was trying to throw the sweeper one day because the you could literally read the report. Nobody's hitting a sweeper. He's going to throw more sweepers today. Yeah. Nobody's hitting his sinker. He's going to throw more. It was just so easy. And if I could do it from afar... Every you know person in the scouting department can write that report pretty easily, but it's identifying. Hey, 
my sinker's cutting today. It has no movement. What's going on? And then being able to get back to that somehow within the game, whether it's one pitch, one batter, or one inning. And that's what I've seen is those guys have been doing that in their bullpens and fighting mm. to find that in the bullpens instead of in the game. So they're wasting so many bullets on being a Lamborghini in the bullpen. How many times I hear, man, my bullpen session was so good where we used to throw 10 pitches, you know, a guy would throw 10 pitches, fill it out. Maybe the day before 10 pitches, two days before get a feel, maybe one or two sequences and then bounce. Mm. And that's really changed. They're training these guys completely different. A lot of these guys have never dealt with it. When it comes to the game, or do you think they're so worried about what they're working on? Like, what do you think's causing the game to be the issue? Like, you know, you can be a Lamborghini in the bullpen, but none of that is translating into the game. It doesn't seem. You know, are they tired by the time their start rolls around, or are they just like thinking about mechanics and I have to do this and I have to check this box and that box? Like, what do you think's causing it? Now we'll go to your point. They got to simplify it. So. They, they maybe find that one thing that they fix in the bullpen that they feel confident about. They go out, they try to execute. The hitters are going to tell you how it is, Yeah. right? But you have to identify, like, Beto today. He didn't have good command. His best pitch was a changeup. He threw it four times. He got three swing and misses. If he would have identified that, maybe he throws it more, and maybe that helps him get even deeper in the ballgame, but he still pitched well. Yeah. He's getting better. He's competing. But he was 94-95 instead of 96-98 to 98 like we saw him that one day. And that's, that's confusing me. Oviedo, same thing the other day. Like those guys I think are on a weird uncharted territory and they got to find the balance because they can't do this again next year. Mitch Keller's got a, you know, some solution cause he's still 98, 99 pretty consistently. And they got to find that balance for them. He's identified it for him. Now they got to start piecing it together for each individual. And that's the players that have to do that. Not the coaches. Coaches are supposed to give them suggestions, maybe strong suggestions, but not, pour it on them too much like say hey now go compete forget about everything else now it's game time and you know that i mean sometimes yeah. that's all you got yeah oh yeah i know i know all about competing with not very much <laughs> <laughs> i did it for a long time buddy <laughs> uh, uh, no but i mean yes they they need to strip it down and find what these guys do well i mean it's sort of baffling to me that rowanzi Contreras at one point in his career was throwing 96 97 luis ortiz was throwing triple digits quinn priester when he was drafted was 95 96 97 and none of them are anywhere close to that right now um and it's not good and they've all been bounced from the minor major leagues because they haven't pitched well enough to stick here and i i don't think you can sit here and pretend like it's nothing you just can't yeah. you, you can't and you can't not talk about it i think that's the hardest part for you know they can they, i know i know i know well. but what i'm saying is is like it's an elephant in the room yeah and it is they gotta they gotta figure out a way to you know at least explain because when you hear some of the things i've heard and i can't share some of it it would make so much more sense on some level for fans to understand it, but they don't have enough time to do it, but they got to find some balance. Like, Hey, here's our approach in yeah. three months. We're hoping to hit this goal in yeah. four months. We're hoping to hit this goal. We're shutting this guy down at this. Like I think being transparent would be a winning formula in Pittsburgh. I really do. It may be, it may be tough because yeah. you're going to get a lot of pushback, but you get that anyways. Yeah. When you say, I mean, you're against her. No, believe me, I am all for them explaining more um, coherently what they're doing. Um, I listened to Ben Charrington's show today. 
on the fan for as much as I could tolerate it to try to find out what was going on. And I mean, it was like a 10 minute preamble. I just, I, and I turned it off. I didn't feel like I was gaining anything out of it. And it wasn't time that I felt like spending on that. I wasn't working. Um, and I think that's a fairly common thing where, you know, they either say, we're not going to talk about development. We're not going to talk about this, that, and the other, or, you know, what they do say is not really giving fans answers that they want. But I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to take it down that road. Like it, whatever, you know, I, they could, they could, you know, just, scream nonsensical words for yeah yeah it's, it, if guys are just producing great that doesn't matter you don't have to say anything about anything but it is curious and i do want to see results i think they're they're really good pitchers and you know it's a different question when you have somebody like paul skeens coming up and people worry about what's going to happen with skeens um you know mike burrows is going to come back jt brubaker is going to come back they're going to have to make moves for the rotation next year i mean these are important questions with the team but anyway we'll see how that pans out i have one more question before we want to go full skeins here i think it's it's an important um topic here so anybody listening hang with us we're going to get to um some paul skeins talk very soon but another thing that i was thinking today for it and i i don't know if i have a strong take on this i don't know you know i can i can convince myself that he needs to stay in the major leagues and develop as a right fielder or they should catch him i can also convince myself that he hasn't hit a ton and should go go down to the minor leagues and then catch every day or or play in right field or something is henry davis um i don't know what to do with it i really don't the offense if the offense was good enough i could live with the defense i worry about the defense which has been bad and how much that's affecting the offense and whether this kid is just in a, a sort of difficult spot because of what the pirates have done to him and how they've sort of asked him to develop at two different positions. I think I'd probably ride it out. If I had to make a decision right this second, I'd I'd try to see if he can develop a little bit more, but I don't love that answer. Where are you at with him? How's Indy doing? What do you mean? Offensively defense? That's my answer. Both. Like they, they specifically said when, when he came to spring training, he needed to go catch. You need to learn how to catch and Who's be a major league catcher. Indy, right? Well, why is Henry Davis not doing that? He the experiment tried. I think he can play right field occasionally, get extra he's bats. A better defensive catcher than Henry. Wouldn't yeah. you? Agree? Yeah, but he also has way more reps. Way more reps. And is True. it defense or is it personality? Is it the way he calls a game? Is it his strong mentality that you know, can come off very, very hard sometimes. Well, he can I mean, learn. Receiving from what I've heard, just to be like, I, I think it's Henry's receiving that is the problem. Well, right now, Indy's a minus. Yeah. And in, in runs saved by, by stealing strikes. So it's it's one of those things like if we're out of it, my, and I would love to talk to somebody about this, but I never have a chance because it's tough to run people down. But yeah. my, my question would be is like, what's the big picture? Where's the biggest value he gives you? Right. I love Jason delay. So you're not going to talk me out of him not getting reps. So if he's going to be a right fielder, he's got to learn yeah. how to be a right fielder. And in the big leagues, it's really, really hard. And yeah. he could get every day at bats. He sat what three games on this road trip, I believe, okay. or at least two. And I think just giving him opportunities to get behind the plate, whether we're down four, or down five. So you're saying send him down for it. Either you're send him down or get him behind the plate. Cause I think he's going to hit. I think he's smart enough. I think he's overthinking it. And I think he's taking his defense to the plate, the opposite yeah. of most people. Yeah. Because that's how much this kid cares. Yeah. 
And guys like that that care that much, Mackie, it scares the living daylights out of me because guys like that think it so deeply that they can end up having mental health issues. I'm not saying he's going to. They can get the yips. They can do all these things because they care that much. And that's how this kid is. He's wired to win. And he wants to win. He will go down to AAA and bust his rear end yeah. to get better. And he's I think being put in an impossible situation, right? Couldn't now. agree more. He can't. You, you said it in one of our last uh, podcast. It's very tough to make a 23 year old savior in an offense. Yeah. In the middle of the year. Yeah. You know, and it, it's true. And I think he's a guy that can handle that stuff. But, you know, having some hiccups and seeing him, you know, visibly frustrated, it was very similar to what I saw with Castro before he got traded. You could see the frustration, the disappointment, the hurt. And he didn't know who he was as yep. a baseball player. It's like he forgot. Yeah. And that's never a good thing. I saw that a lot with Colorado. And, I'm not going to point any fingers. It's not really anyone to blame except like he's got to figure it out and, and just go have a great conversation with the right people and figure out the best way to move forward. Cause he wants it really bad. Yep. And I know you know that. No, I know. I, and I like Henry a lot. It's not a personality thing. It's not like I think he can't do it um, or that he's some sort of problem, but I mean, it, it it's almost the opposite. He tries. Yeah, and he's not hard. Kyle Schwarber. Like that, everybody needs to get that out of their head. Like yeah. he's not that. Like he's not Ryan Doman. Like he he's you mean a, defensively. Yeah, he's way more athletic. You know, okay. he can really run. He can really move. He's got good hands. I think it's just learning himself. Okay. My argument for the down. Davis thing is just uh, like try it. Try, try it. it. What's it? What, what what's it going to do? Ruin the pennant chase? Like just catch him. If he's the worst catcher in the history of catching for five or six innings, okay, at least you know. At least you know, and it's going to end the discussion. Like, well, then then he can go all in, wherever else. I, I think that's the hardest thing. Like, oh yeah, I, I mean his debut, his entire argument for catching in the major league shouldn't be six innings long. I would argue, but I don't. Yeah, I okay. I see what you're saying. I see in less than what a hundred games in the minor leagues, maybe. Yeah, and yeah. and that's the thing is like, it it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, you're right. Well, okay, let's segue to our final segment here. And Mr. Skeens, I know you have some questions. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about um, the opportunity to do the story and see Paul and, and my impressions of it. So um, just to sort of peel back the curtain a little bit, um, got I wanted to go down to the Complex League and visit him and spend some time with him and get to know him. Um, found out that he was going to be making the start in Bradenton when he was. And so we booked the trip. We actually turned it into a family trip for it. You probably saw some of that. We did Anna Maria and Bradenton Beach and, and all that stuff. My family absolutely loves that area. So we did Best like meal. What's Best that? meal, real quick. Best meal. Best meal. Um, okay. So we everybody got their pick. Um, we That's went awesome. island time on Anna Maria. My younger son picked Wicked Cantina on Anna Maria. My older son picked Pier 22. Um, did Oak and Stone, the place you and I went to, um, atop the Spring Hill. And what, where did, how do we finish? Um, Swordfish Grill. I would Ooh. go with Swordfish Grill, probably. Ooh, you ever been yeah. there on Court yeah. yeah, it's really, really good. Um, Island Time was close. That's, another, that's a family favorite of ours. Um, but, dude, honestly, like I, I, I could name 50 restaurants down there. I swear that that's that why we, I had to ask. I, I feel I like you, you bring it, you bring the dynamite when it comes to food, steak on the stone, obviously. And then talking about those food places, you've never steered me wrong. Ever, yeah. ever, ever. So I wrote a column last year 
for the Post-Gazette about favorite places to go in Bradenton when you come down for spring training. I have never gotten more feedback on something I wrote than that. <laughs> I have to do it again. I want to, I want to do a second edition and, and like Abby, I think is going to get in on, on some like, you know, things to do in Bradenton when you're not watching baseball, like other touristy things. And I just love that area so much. So yes. anyway, it was good to see Skeens. Um, I'm not sure I could be more impressed with a young man than I am with Paul really. Um, so we chatted for about 30 minutes in the media room at Lecom Park, which has turned into like offices now. So it was around a conference table and just a, a great setting. Just him and I, um, the, my line of questioning involved a lot of like Steven Strasburg, his development, what he's doing now, um, what motivates him. Um, obviously talked a little Livy Dunn. That was a, a, an interesting one that I didn't want to <laughs> sort of step over a line. And I said, please, if I'm hitting something that you don't want to talk about, just stop me. I will not be offended. Uh, but now he was, I, I thought he was very good. Uh, hopefully people have read that. If you haven't, uh, please do. So anyway, what are your questions for it? Let's roll it out there. Well, one, are they dating? Yes, they're dating. Yes. I, I just wanted all that speculation to go away. And then two. And apparently, like I saw that my story got, I didn't even notice this. This is how head and sand I am. Like TMZ aggregated it and like People Magazine have aggregated it. Like Paul Stevens confirmed <laughs> that they're dating. I'm like, I'm glad that's interesting to some people. The whole relationship dynamic of it is interesting to me, but I didn't realize that was going to get aggregated the way it did. Anyway. Well, when I had a bunch of teenagers texting me, asking me if, is, is that real? Is it real? Is she going to be in Pittsburgh at some point? I'm like, calm down. Jeez Louise, you creepers. This is unreal. Um <laughs> I legit had to learn who Livy Dunn was. I had no idea. I really didn't. And and then she wasn't like, a genius. I, I wouldn't know because my wife. The only reason I knew is because my wife. Really? Good gymnastics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no. All right. So the other question I have: Did he do the Johnny Depp mustache? Am I seeing that right? He, is that he what kinda, it is? The, the Johnny. He, he he had the thick one, maybe yep. Louisiana style. And then yep. I feel like the first start, he kind of had a little wrinkle going. He, I don't see that. Curl up. What, like, like a little uh, waxy. Uh, it, it looks like it looks like he's trying to go a little piratey. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's that's a question we need to ask him. We oh, got to ask boy. him that. Oh, boy. here I thought you were going to be asking me about his delivery. Or and I'm about to. I'm about to. How he uses the slider. Or goodness knows what. And here you're talking about waxing his mustache. I cannot confirm, cannot deny. I don't know. Uh, how, <laughs> Didn't how, see that one coming, did you? <laughs> Dude, how ridiculous would it be if Paul Skeens rolls out the PNC Park with the waxed Pirates of the Caribbean style mustache? I mean, that, Eugene well, Blecker or Becker, 108 Performance, yeah. is his pitching guy. It's his guru. Okay. Go look at his mustache and you'll see what I mean. Okay? okay. Great mustache. So now let's get to his preparation. Yep. Right. We know about the person. Oh, I, I've heard remarkable things. I was watching his preparation today prior yep. to the game. You know, the, the water filled bags going down the mound, the plyo balls. Yep. I'm sure his mobility is off the charts. He he's really owned who he is from really a young age. And just talk a little bit about that. You know, more than I do. I've, I've, I've heard a lot more hearsay and I'm looking forward to hear it from you. So this was really cool, dude. You would, you would have liked this a lot and you know, the layout of Lee common, whatever. So he gets out in the, um, what would you call that? The backfields, the mounds. The, they call the, it the stretch area. Is the what stretch I would just call area. It, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's a good amount of people for, for Bradenton and a night like this, like it was a pretty good crowd. 
So he comes out, everybody starts running out to the boardwalk. Say, ah, skeins is here, skeins is here. And so we're all sort of hanging on the fence watching this. Gets the plyo balls out, starts on them, then grabs the um, like foam roller, gets the water bags, goes through his activation process. And then like hop, hops inside, does something, I don't know what, comes back, um, starts doing more mound work. Anyway, it, it's this progression and we're so close to it. It's so neat to see that. So he gets he gets warmed up, then goes out in the outfield. Everybody runs to the outfield fence, and then they're they're sort of like hanging over. And people are mostly being respectful outside of the occasional, you know, hooting and holler and whatever. And like he's got his rosin bag with him and sort of like marking off steps and backing up. I didn't realize that he grunts as much as he does when he throws, um, yeah. even like long toss getting getting loose. Um, so he's going through that and, and, you know, doesn't say anything, um, anything, any instruction for catchers, you know, obviously he's signaling pitches and whatnot. Um, but, you know, like signaling, this one's really coming, backing up, telling guys to get down, get up, that sort of thing. Um, very, very serious. So we watch all that. That's military. Um, I bet that's the military. So I thought this was interesting too for it. I've never seen a professional pitcher do this and this could just be on me. Maybe I haven't seen enough carries a book bag with him at all times. Um, it's got a Nike book bag, a cool funky pattern to it. Um, in there, plyo balls, um, bands, probably maybe another glove. I don't know. Carries a scouting report with him on an iPad. I don't know how actively he's looking at that, like during warmups and stuff, but I mean, there's a lot, I guess, to, to not bury the lead here. There's a lot that goes into what he does pregame. Um, the final step was obviously to go into the bullpen. I was actually able to get on the field for a little bit. I watched that from the warning track. I saw that. that was cool. Chatting with Max Kranick um, off the record, watching it. But that was that was fun. And we're just talking about how like he doesn't need to be here. This is you, know, you, you understand why? <laughs> Certainly, mm-hmm. like you know. But like he's so far and away better than these guys, which is true. Um, but yeah, he is. And I told Paul this. This is how our our interview ended. Um, we were talking about maturity and whatever. And he said, you know, I'd like to think that my parents did a pretty good job. You know, I like to represent my family. Well, I said, Paul, you could drop you in the major league clubhouse right now. You'd honestly be one of the most mature players in there. And I didn't mean that as a dig at current pirates. It's just like, he's so mature and focused on what he's doing. And he said he, re- he really appreciated that, but you know, just so focused. So uh, it, it's hard to believe you're talking to a 21 year old kid. And, and so aware in your article, he he said, which I loved. Yeah, I probably should work on finding an off switch. <laughs> oh, great. And the, I I I love it. I respect it because I was obsessed. I didn't have anywhere close to the ability he has, but like that obsession fires me up. Mm-hmm. You know, Henry Davis has that. You know, but you don't usually see guys like Henry Davis one ones going as hard as they do. That's a Bryce Harper type style play, yep. right? And then, but now you have a guy that has elite plus elite ability and that obsession. And my favorite part that you, you talked about and I've heard time and time again is the fact that he carries around that backpack. Really? Yes. Because reason why is if you're, (laughs) you never want to go anywhere and not be overly prepared. So that's a military concept. So he's got his little kit, right? And he carries everywhere he goes. So he doesn't have to rely on anybody. It goes back to the major league level that we're talking about. He took, pride so much in being great at a young age in high school when he tried to learn started learning how to pitch you know with eugene blecker we we should go visit him in knoxville my hometown he just moved there 
Um, Only if you take me to dinner, but okay. I will. I'll take you to Yeehold Steakhouse. It's Woo! a hole in the wall, and we'll get a 32-ounce filet. Yes, oh we will. Okay, um, let's go. But he he identifying that and then constantly challenging himself at a different different level by going to LSU, putting himself on a huge stage and saying, am I real? I, I need a new test. Leaving something he loved shows what type of human being he is, and I'm so fired up for him to get around the major league guys because I think he'll have a huge impact from top to bottom, whether it's hitters or pitchers alike. It's going to be remarkable. If I could put him in Kutch and one, maybe Santana in the clubhouse and just let him mold hmm. and shape guys, I, I think it would be the most incredible thing because that's what he he did at LSU. You, you hear it from you know some of my friends that went to LSU, some of my buddies that played against him. The LSU coach said, I've never had a player take over a team the way he did in a year. And the fact he was a pitcher and, you know, pitched once a week is remarkable. Cool. Um, I thought I'd share these details as well. This didn't make it into the story, but um, he said one of the guys that he's been talking with the most is Henry Davis. Um, They texted with Henry and and they're sort of going back and forth. And I thought that was neat. Henry reached out, I believe when Tamar Johnson was drafted, Uh, Henry was one of the first people he heard from. I mean, that's just the kind of leader, the person that we're talking about. Um, but I, in following that, it was a really neat quote that you're, you're talking about, like the military lifestyle and whatever. He said, my whole life, I didn't want to be a major league baseball player. That wasn't my first dream. It was like I thought it was cool and I maybe wanted to do it. But when I was in high school, I wanted to fly jets. That was what I wanted to do. If it worked out, so be it. I'm going to work as hard as I can for it to work out. But the cool thing for me is obviously playing catch PNC. There's nobody there. Seeing the backdrop, whole experience was awesome. Essentially goes on to say how much like – this has become his dream. This has become what he has obsessed over. Like he, you know, there was flying jets, but like this has become flying jets. I think when he's done, he's talked about, you know, uh, he's going to serve his country and all that stuff. And that's great. But like for right now, he realizes the finite amount of time he has and the ability he has to do something. Um, So anyway, it's just cool to see that poured into the major league product and, I mean, we don't have any official news. We're recording this on Sunday night. I would not be surprised, again, if we hear he's going to Altoona. Um, I've been trying to confirm it, but it makes all the sense in the world. Probably gets to Indy this year, could get to Indy. Um, I know they're going to monitor his innings. Ben Charrington again said today that they would not exceed 20, which certainly makes sense. But, I mean, dude, if they dropped him in the major leagues right now, I, I, I honestly – like, I don't think he'd have a problem. I understand wanting to, like, feel it out and set it up for next year, but he's that good. It's crazy. And I, I know we're going to kind of wrap it up here in a second. What do you think the plan is for him? I, I get the 20 innings, and maybe I'm, we should explain that a little bit to the fans. They want him to get up and down. They want him to finish the year so he understands the length, you know, all the emotions, all the feel, physically, mentally, blah, blah, blah. And starting every five days. And starting every five days. Minor league schedule that, you know, whatever. So with that being said, if it goes really well, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I was really early to say this. People thought I was crazy. But if it goes really well, that Miami series, bring them up. I'd love to see it. I, I think know. the fans would love it. I know. one inning, sit down. Because three days of service time means absolutely nothing. If you I have know. any intention for him to make the team next year, and the game is changing, service time, manipulation is dying, if not dead. Because well, and Cruz is my play. Look at that. He could mm-hmm. be. A, he could be in the bigs. Who's to say he couldn't? Yeah, and 
I, I say that because I want the city to have the winning it had in April. And I think with some things just kind of falling in place, it could be really fast. Yeah. Um, I really do. I mean, there's a lot of great people if they bet on them yep. in that clubhouse and in the minor mm-hmm. leagues. And you know, maybe even better than I do, especially at the minor league level, how these guys are coming together or starting to. Yep. And kind of want you to kind of wrap that into a nice, beautiful thing because there's a lot of good stories right now. I know. I know. People gravitate towards skeins, man. You know, from a storytelling, from a, an excitement standpoint, there's few bigger with this team right now. And I would love to see it. Believe me, I'd love to cover it. I think it'd be fantastic. Um, I said something on the fan where I heard that it was being discussed um, even casually. And, you know, they it, it got made into more than it was. And people just, they, they're not bringing them up here. But that's me, too. It's OK. Yeah, it got me, too. Um you know, it, it, them discussing it versus like them picking a day is a little different. Um, but the after that came out or after I said what I said, um, you know, it was sort of put to me. It's not happening. Don't look for that. So, OK, cool. So I don't think that's going to happen, but I hope it would be great. Theater. <laughs> What's that? I said it, it, it. it's just hope, you know. I know. I think it. it I also don't think there has to be one answer right now. Completely agree. They don't. They shouldn't answer because there's a lot of things that need. If if we lose, you know, twenty games over the next little bit, yeah, I get it. There's no excitement, so that's obviously PR. But if he blows through Double A and it looks like he's just overmatching, because I thought his hardest test was going to be early on, because those kids swing at everything, and they know he's coming in at a hundred. So, in fact, he did that that well, and with some, you know some bumps in the road, you know, the, the rundown running that guy down was awesome, but just the little things, guys, not blocking a ball, guy getting on base air behind him. It shows his demeanor, his poise and everything he is. And the faster, the better for me. All right, Fort. Good talk. Good talk. See you out there. Big gulp, huh? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So no, seriously, um, please like subscribe, um, do all that stuff. We appreciate you watching. Um, we cannot, I, I cannot properly express to you how excited I am to have this back on the regular. We will be on your computer, computer screens, phones, and all that fun stuff every Monday morning, talking about the pirates, um, Fort. I love seeing your face talking to you. People can listen to Fort McHenry on AT&T Sportsnet. 93.7 The Fan, um, a lot of the same places. You can obviously check back here and we would appreciate if you do so. But until then, you've watched Pitching In and thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube podcast. channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.